The Start On Demand. On demand. What can we do to stop the growing problem of street racing? Why are there so many super speeders on the roads these days? Can we get people to stop, or do we just have to wait until they get caught so they hopefully don't do it again? One of our favorite guests joined us today, Kelly Keene. And she's one of our favorite guests in spite of the fact that she always joins us to talk about one of everyone's least favorite topics, finances. And today in particular, reconsidering an emergency fund. Another one of our favorites joined us too, Milt Stiegel. He joined us to talk about the newly minted HSC Millionaire Lottery. And if you could win any car on the planet, which one would it be and why? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, September 17th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and yesterday the first thing I looked at in the morning was Twitter, but today for some reason I pulled up my weather app, the Global News Sky Tracker weather app, which Kayla recently told us to download if we hadn't done it already. Well, she actually came in and downloaded it onto our phones herself <laughs> because, uh, no, she didn't, but essentially uh, guilted us into the idea well, of putting no, it on the she phone. She didn't guilt us into <laughs> it. Come know. on. I know. I'm just trying to have some fun early. <laughs> she didn't guilt us. Uh, but uh, I'm glad I downloaded it. Uh, because I like this long-term forecast they've got here. <laughs> Starting on Saturday, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, at least seven, seven of eight days predicted to be over 20 degrees. Gotta like that. Yeah, because especially, especially after the last two falls, this is great. So I'm pumped. I'm in a I feel happy like you should mood. stop talking about it. To be honest, it's like a full jinx going on right now. Then you brought in last fall... Yeah, we're just, I'm going to phone you up around 6 a.m. Sunday and blast you when I see that gray sky. And Loren brings it plummeting back down to earth. Well, you just, you, it's your fault, not mine. It's going to be all come back to you, McGarry. I'm going to hand out your number I'm going to gonna stay optimistic on this one. I like this forecast. I'm hoping that it's going to stick around. Uh, it's something to be get excited about. You should see the look of joy on Brett's face right now. It's a genuine smile. It's an ear-to-ear grin. Very pleased with the weather forecast he is. And you know why. Of, of course you know well, Yes, why. we know why. You know of why course, because you spend more time outside <laughs> than probably everybody else who's in this building right now combined. Uh, that pretty be, close. Yeah, that could pretty, be. Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> that could be accurate. So anyway, uh, if you want to see that forecast, we've linked it to our 680CJOB Instagram story uh, where we I just took a screen grab. And uh, you should download the app too, Global News Sky Tracker. But we want to start this half hour with another day. Another frustrated tweet from the RCMP over the growing number of people putting their lives at risk with dangerous and reckless driving behaviors. 
So it was just Tuesday that we brought on Sergeant Paul Maneg to talk about several different cases where drivers were stopped for going 50, 60, 80 kilometers over the speed limit in a wide range of areas right across this province. And then yesterday, there was another suspected racing incident. And as we were saying, this one was on Highway 2 near St. Claude, which is just south of Portage La Prairie. And in this case, it ended in a crash with several people rushed to hospital. And the moments leading up to the crash were also captured in what appears to be a gas station camera. And the video shows two cars allegedly racing Monday morning. And when they came across a third car during this race, one vehicle tried to go around it on the left and the other on the right on the gravel shoulder portion of the road. Here's Sergeant Mark Hume. It appears that they were racing each other and passing another vehicle both at the same time on different sides of the road. So from what I can see, the vehicle that passed on the on the gravel portion lost control shortly after. Then ended up in the ditch, and a 21-year-old passenger was actually ejected. They had to be rushed to hospital by the STARS helicopter, and they remained in critical. And then two other passengers were taken by ambulance while the driver walked away uninjured. It's really taken off in the last uh, several months or the last year. Um, the number of what we kind of classify as super speeders, so to speak, or people going more than 50 kilometers over the speed limit has, has drastically increased. There's been about a 60% increase from this time last year. We just see more and more of a trend uh, with this. Uh, it used to be more on the divided highways like the Trans-Canada, and now we're seeing it more and more, like in this case in St. Claude, like this is a two-lane highway, and, you know, there's cars coming in other directions. It, it, people seem to be getting more and more brazen all the time. I don't know what these people were thinking at the time. Now, our thoughts are with the families of the people who were in that car as well. We want to hear from you as we wait to hear more on the injuries uh, in those individuals involved. What do you think could be done to try and curb or crack down on dangerous driving behavior? As Sergeant Mark Hume said, this is happening more and more on our highways. Every time we talk about it, you inundate us with text messages of the incidents that you have seen. And it's gone from four-lane highways to two-lane. There was a theory at the start of this pandemic that drivers were taking advantage of the fact there weren't as many cars on the road. We really have no data to back that up, but I think it's a little bit of both. I think people are realizing, uh, or at least earlier in the pandemic, that there was a lot less traffic out there, and maybe they thought they could get away with it. Um, but now we're just, you know, we're out there, we're catching more and more people all the time. It's increased steadily over the past few years, so I don't think it's all pandemic-related. But it's just, it, honestly, it's it's getting excessive right now. I just look at some of the stats we have, and uh, since April when the pandemic started, we've issued uh, 253 tickets for driving more than 50 kilometers over the speed limit, and that's compared with only 153 in the same months last year. So, you know, that's a 60% increase in this year compared to last. And then once again, I think it's fair to reiterate what we discussed on Monday, the fact that these are the people they catch. Brett, Loren, this this is the number of people they've managed to put the radar gun on and actually pull over and charge them with speeding. So that means the number of people doing it is far greater than that. Now, after sharing the video and photos of that crash near St. Cloud, which you can view on cgob.com as 
well as on our uh, Twitter account. I've just sent it out. Police tweeted this. We're encountering more and more reckless drivers who are endangering the lives of every single person on our roads. Speeding and extremely dangerous driving behaviors are directly leading to serious injuries and death across Manitoba. This has to stop. And I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it from people that I know in the law enforcement community. And we're hearing it, as I mentioned, from you every single time we discuss this. So what can we be done about this? Stiffer penalties, more enforcement, and you mentioned it, Loren. I know you and Brett had this discussion about the south perimeter and that 80-kilometer-an-hour zone. We associate photo radar mostly with intersections and school zones and playground areas. But is it time to examine the possibility of putting photo radar on our highways? Brett, I know when we said that last time, we both said, I can't believe some of our listeners had actually suggested that, given how angry people get about photo radar. But I'm not sure what the answer is, because... You could go into schools, you could talk to kids, but it's not fair to say it's just kids, right? I mean, we see, we see reports of 30, 40, 60-year-old uh, drivers with this kind of reckless behavior, Brett. Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm okay with the photo radar on the highways because the idea there is that it's for safety. I think part of the problem with the idea of stiffer penalties as I think about this is it it will prevent them from doing it maybe after they get caught. Right, so they're if they if they they're out there driving recklessly and they're driving unsafe, if they get pulled over, okay, that's great. They'll be punished and maybe they won't do it again. But it's not going to. Pre- I don't think that's know if that's going to prevent someone from doing it if they've never been caught. You know, I think until you get caught, you have this almost air of invincibility, like ah, oh, it's okay, I won't get caught. I realize that it'll stop you from doing it after the fact, but I don't know. I'm not saying that penalties should be light. Right. But I just I don't know what the answer is. I do like the photo radar, though, because that's an if that's a visible deterrent that will get people to slow down. And I think they should put the photo radar out and they, they should let people know the photo radar is there. Mm-hmm. So that'll tell people ahead of time, like to slow down. Have to you, make that effective, you basically have to have it along an entire stretch of highway, right. Rate, right? They can't just be like, oh, at this one spot, because it becomes then the same thing it is in the city. You know which intersections to avoid, which places to go if you're a person with a heavy foot. So if it's going to be a highway radar situation, it has to be basically like all of Highway 2 or all of 1 or all of 59, right? Otherwise, you're going to find a way to circumvent it. Or it, it has to be a different technology altogether. Eve is just pointing out in Europe, they don't use photo radar. It's more average speed sections of roads. So as an example, they might uh, take your picture on your way to Minidosa, let's say, on Highway 1 West, just say west of the way scales. They'll take your picture there. And then maybe before Portage, uh, Portage La Prairie, if you get there too quickly, they're going to, they're going to tag you with a ticket saying that you were speeding at some point because there's no way you could have got here this quickly. And that's what, oh. they, that's what they do in in Europe. Now, that's a little difficult. You, you know, you might be, yeah. you, you know, but I, I think that's the type of technology that might be required in this case. Well, technology could be the answer. Sean texted with something we've also talked about before, about he's a truck driver, has been one for 30 years. He says the reckless driving and excessive speed have 
infinitely multiplied. He says he's witnessed too many accidents. And he says semis have been speed limited for years, right? You have a speed limit set in the engine's computer and a report goes back to your boss when you're Mm -hmm. caught doing something wrong or driving over the set limit. And so you could do the same with cars. You could put that kind of control. The thing is, at the end of the day, is this just a in the moment type of behavior or is this indicative of a bigger thing where, okay, you take away the person's speed limit on their car. Are they going to go out and do something else that's reckless? Like, is it in that moment or is it something in that person? Yeah, that's fair because I know when I was younger, when I was more prone to uh, road rage, for example, I would become fairly aggressive on the streets and I'm not proud of it. I've managed to eliminate that uh, over the last 10 years because I, A, just perspective, you know, what good is, what good am I bringing into the world? What good am I doing myself? What good am I doing to other drivers? I'm making, I'm putting my life at risk and putting other lives at risk. There's no point in doing that. And uh, uh, I also got a couple of speeding tickets in my late 20s that made me realize, okay, I think it's time to to slow down a little bit here. But I was prone to certain behaviors, whether it was cutting people off or maybe speeding up a little bit too much. Uh, so I think for for drivers who do this kind of stuff, they probably do it uh, more often than they should. But certainly, uh, I think it might be a combination of in the moment and just a propensity to drive like an idiot. I've been reading up a, a little bit on this stuff, and I know for sure in Finland... If you get caught speeding, it's not a flat rate. It has nothing to do with your speed. That is, I shouldn't say that. It's only one component of the ticket. The other component is based on how much money you make on your income. So if you make a million dollars a year, like say Tamu Solani, and he got nabbed for speeding several times in Finland, he paid gigantic Mm -hmm. fines. And I've also read in some countries... If you get caught speeding enough times and you've got one of these luxury cars, you actually have to stand there and watch them basically destroy it. Oh, what? wow. Yeah, wow. I will look up the country that does that. That would that would be that would be a real kick to the heart, stab you in the, uh, that might work. That might be a way to go. I don't know. I, I have noticed, and I don't know about you guys, it might be just because my kids are into cars these days. In fact, one changed my screensaver to a Lamborghini yesterday. Uh, I'm seeing more <laughs> luxury cars out there oh, or, no or at least noticing them and those mm-hmm. you know i don't want to point fingers at those cars but they are the ones designed to go faster and they're, they're built for the speed right and so it, it appears we also have just more of those cars out there Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Coming up after 8.35, we're going to talk to Milt Stiegel about the HSC Millionaire Lottery, which launched yesterday. And that got us, because a lot of the grand prizes include cars. It could include fancy automobiles. And that got us thinking, if you could win a car, any car on planet Earth, which one would it be? So what we need you to do is text us at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia and at 915, just after 915, we'll pick our winner. So tell us which car you would win and why. Like, for example, the other day I was walking down Corden and I saw a, a car that I didn't even know existed. It was, uh, it was like one of those crossover SUVs mm-hmm. and it said Lamborghini on uh-huh. it. And I thought, how much is that worth? I wish I'd taken a picture turns out it's called the lamborghini urus and it's it's from starts at two hundred and fifty two thousand dollars is that canadian or is that u.s canadian (laughs) 
Yeah, it was a nice automobile. So that'd be a, a good one. But let's go around the horn here. Producer Jeff Forte is here, Jeff Braun and Kelly Moore. Kelly Moore, let's start with you, sir. Well, I think I would love me just a little uh, short box pickup with all of the bells and whistles. And it still gets good gas mileage. Oh, but, uh, such so a practical. practical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I walk by and I tell my wife, oh, man, look at that. That's exactly what I want. But then reality sets in and I don't want a car payment right now. Is there a particular kind? Like, a, is there a model? No, I don't care. I, I really don't care. But, you know, but something uh, not metallic blue, but, you know, there, there there's a blue that I've seen on cars right now. I wouldn't even be able to. It, it, it's kind of halfway between a dark and a light blue, so medium blue, I guess. Okay. But yeah, that would be the color I would I would choose for sure. I think a buddy of mine had that color, and I think it was called electric blue. Ah, uh, thank so. you, Hitman. But that I was that, write that, that down. That was that particular car company. They've all got name their own names yeah. for different cars. It's like sun st- sandstone metallic instead of beige. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that you? like is that like Eagle's Nest when you're actually in the middle of a desert? <laughs> That's right. What about you, uh, Jeff Braun? Honestly, for me, the answer is whatever car heats the fastest. Uh, (laughs) It's what, minus one or minus two right now? I'm not adjusting to this cold well, and it's only going to get so much worse in the months ahead, and I'm just dreading it. And my least favorite thing is sitting in a cold car waiting for it to warm up. So uh, whatever just heats lightning fast to, you know, red hot fire heat instantly, that's what I want. Forte, you got something more creative here? Uh, well, mine's... It's unrealistic, I guess. I'd, I'd like the DeLorean from uh, Back yes. to the Future. There we go. Yes. There's an answer. <laughs> I don't even think that car is heat. Who cares? Yeah, you know what? It's hey. got a flex capacitor. Yeah. It's got plenty of heat. I can time travel. I can fly. It's a flying car. Yeah, he can time There's... travel back to summer. Yeah, there you go. And I can also traffic what traffic. I'm flying above it. Oh, yeah. That's See, right. There's it. Now that's an part answer. Two. <laughs> what about you, Loren? Um, I'm toss-up between the Scooby-Doo van. The I was thinking that, too. Machine. I was actually thinking yeah. that, too. The Mystery Machine or the Dumb and Dumber van, just oh. because that was hilarious. <laughs> Shagan like, wagon. Yeah, you had to, like, pick up the ear to put gas in it. Yeah, oh, so, like, you had to pick up the, the leg, leg to put the gas. Plus, then yeah. I could use the line, like, I work with canines, dogs for the layperson. McNabb, <laughs> <laughs> oh. would you actually put gas in it or just let it run on E? I like to go as far as I can on E. You know that. Oh, you're like Kramer. You're like you're oh, on I an adventure. It. Let's see how far this goes. Absolutely, every Mac. time. G Mac. Uh, originally, it would have been a fire truck. I always wanted my own fire truck, bright cool. red. But one of our listeners reminds me of the genuine car I've always wanted. It is a Ferrari 308 GTS. That's oh. Magnum's. Ferrari oh. from the Magnum PI oh, nice. series in the 80s. Yeah. And I'm just looking at an article here that one of them, they had a dozen of them over the years. Ferrari America would give them yeah. to the CBS and then they'd have them repainted and people would buy them. Well, just a couple of years ago, back in uh, 2017, one sold for 181500 oh US dollars. So wow. yes, I would need to win that. But yeah. that would that would be the one. So you text- also need a mustache. Oh, he's kind of halfway there. Is he? At a ball cap. I cannot wear a Detroit Tigers ball cap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the must, I'd be curious to see G-Mac with a mustache. 
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Getting lots of feedback at 204-780-6868 on the cars you would want to win if you could win any. But we're also getting some people weighing in on amber lights and speed limits. For example, Joanne saying, I always look at the walk, do not walk sign. If there's a dude still walking, I know I will make it before the light will turn amber. If it shows the red hand, then slow down as the light will be turning amber momentarily. Mm-hmm. So that's Lots of people, I think, do that. I think that, that uh, I, I know I do that, Brett, but then I also think it adds to all the other things I'm watching for as I approach that intersection, which sometimes feels like too much. You're looking for pedestrians, you're watching that sign, you're checking for the red light camera, you're looking at your speed, and it feels like you're just your eyes are just on this constant swivel. It just feels like you're always going to encounter a red light. That's the frustrating part. Uh, Chief Peg was trailed once again to my own experience. You know, it's 80 kilometers per hour and you're hustling at 80 towards La Jamodière. And guess who ends up getting through the light at La Jamodière and Chief Peg was tra- trail? Are the people doing 90 or 95 or 100K in the 100 or in the 80 rather, as opposed to me getting the payoff for going the proper speed, the assigned speed limit, I should be getting that benefit of being able to do that smooth left-hand turn uh, to northbound lash or onto southbound lash. And it just feels like often the timing of the signals is stacked against people who are doing the speed limit. That's a good point. That is a really good point. I know that Marion was one of the few streets where if you hit the lights at the right, like they seem to be synchronized, but you, you had to be going just over the speed limit to get the synchron- that synchronicity. Something Isn't that the greatest feeling, too, how weird that is when you're also like, it's happening, I'm hitting all the lights at the same time. Because, because it rarely happens. So when it does, you're like, yes, this is how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Here's another text on fate. which car would you win? This person says, the one from Paradise by the Dashboard Light. You know why. I don't know why. How about you text us? (laughs) (laughs) Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Got to mention the question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. And yesterday morning's question is still up at cjob.com. So we'll give you those results. Will the COVID-19 pandemic encourage you to get a flu shot? 54% say, I always get one. 33% say, nope, still not getting one. And 13% say, I usually don't, but I will this year. Cast your vote at cjob.com. We'll get a new question up for you soon. And before we introduce our next guest, and we don't want to make this man wait, but, Loren, we did get a text we wanted to read on the subject of active routes. Yeah, we know that the city uh, closed down a number of streets this year. I believe the total was nine to open them up to pedestrians, cyclists, runners, uh, reducing them to just local traffic only and essentially shutting those roads down so you could allow for social distancing and exercise. And so the city's looking at a more permanent plan. There's a motion before council that's going, going to come up to see if they can make some of these routes more permanent rather than just a pandemic-related thing. And on the flip side, the yin to the yang of this, there's a lot of support for these active routes, but we got a listener who texted in to say, hey, those active routes have caused a lot of extra wear and tear from the added vehicle traffic on our side streets and lanes. I'm not looking forward to seeing them reappear in my area on Scotia. I miss the calm drive in my car down Scotia. There's plenty of sidewalk space for neighbors that they've used without issue for years. 
They write, sometimes change is not only unnecessary, but a terrible waste of money. And there is a point to be made there. There's the act of transportation that people like. They like to use these wider open spaces for running or cycling, guys. But then if you're a car or a, tr- or a driver that's been using some of these roads as your thoroughfare, well, now you're switching to some side streets that weren't necessarily built for extra car traffic. And so there's lots to consider here. All right. But now it is time. It is that time of year. The HSC Millionaire Lottery is underway. The lottery is an opportunity to support health care and health research happening at Health Sciences Centre. And you have the opportunity to become a millionaire. Yeah, and I think the great thing about this lottery, it's about dreaming. You know, you can support a great organization. You can support HSC and all the wonderful thing it does. But every time this lottery comes out, it's a chance for the rest of us to dream, to take a look at those houses and say, which one would I pick? Would I take the cash? What, what would I do? Would I take the cottage? Would I go out west and have the condo? Or, or as we've been talking about this morning, would you take a luxury car? And, and what kind of car would you love to have? So it's all about the dream, Greg, for many of us. Yeah, our next guest generally needs no introduction. He's a tremendous tremendous friend of this radio station, a regular visitor to the start. And for our discussion this morning, he is a spokesperson for the HSC Millionaire Lottery, as we mentioned, is now underway. Milt Stiegel, good morning to you, sir. How you guys doing? We're doing fantastic, and our day is always better when we get a chance to speak with you. Milt, you're more than an honorary Winnipegger. You often call Winnipeg your other home. Yes, without a doubt. And it's funny you bring that up because I was just thinking about it. I mean, the way things are going right now, this will be the first time since 1994 where I, I don't take, I don't spend at least one day in Winnipeg. And that's sad just thinking about that. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, but just trying to be safe right now. But like, I, like you just said, Winnipeg is not my second home. It's my other home, and I'm definitely missing it. Well, can we ask you a couple of football questions quick here? How closely have you been following the aftermath of Chris Strevler's three-yard run for a first down last Sunday? No, I, I've been keeping up with it. You know, uh, it, it's truly uh, amazing what this young man has been able to do, uh, what he was able to do in, in Winnipeg in the CFL in just a short period of time, and now he's getting that same opportunity in uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm just looking forward, and you don't want to wish any injury on anyone on their starter, Murray, but I'm just looking forward to the opportunity when he get, actually gets a chance to play and go out there and showcase his skills. So let's hope that doesn't happen in a bad situation, but let's hope that it happens when they're blowing out somebody and he gets an opportunity to play. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the Cardinals had to schedule a Zoom press conference with all the media from Winnipeg that wanted to talk to Chris. And I think I'm trying to tie this into your relationship with the city now, Milt. I think it just highlights not only the relationship Chris and you have with the fans and the people of the city, but a lot of players end up having. Without a doubt. And, and, And you see why a lot of players end up actually staying there after their career. You know, they have so many opportunities there. They form so many great relationships uh, in football and outside of football. So it's a great place uh, to play and just spend some time there. So uh, I'm excited about everyone who gets that opportunity. Uh, I'm fortunate that that, that the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans and everyone throughout Manitoba to get an opportunity to experience that uh, that ring ceremony with those players. So hopefully uh, once the CFL kicks back in next year, you'll be able to relive those moments because it's something special that the Winnipeg fans waited for for almost 30 years. 
Well, talking about that relationship and your connection to Winnipeg, it's crazy for me to think this will be the first time since 94, Milt, that you haven't been back to Winnipeg. But here you are still talking about Winnipeg and an extremely important initiative, which is, of course, the HSE Millionaire Lottery. And perhaps now more than ever, we need to think about giving back because I know there's a report out in Canada today just saying, you know, people are struggling to find ways to give to charities because of, you know, worrying about their own bottom lines. And so let's make the pitch. If you're going to give, this might be the one to give to because now more than ever, uh, hospitals need our help, particularly during this pandemic. Without a doubt. And, and I know we're going through some trying times, but uh, just like the, the license plate says, uh, you know, in Winnipeg, friendly Manitoba. And that's just the way it is. Everyone uh, stretches a little bit more. Uh, you may have to sacrifice in a certain area to make sure that the Health Science Center is able to continue doing what they're doing. And along with, you know, giving back, and I always say everyone wins because you're helping other individuals, but then you have an opportunity to win so many great prizes. So it's a win-win for everyone involved. You talk about homes, you're talking about cash you're talking about cars there's so many opportunities but the greatest prize of all is having an opportunity knowing that you're helping out some individuals who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to help out themselves we usually see you in the tv commercials milt are they going to be able to get some footage of you from south of the border to get you to incorporate you into those ads yes 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 uh fortunately they have a great team and we they're able to intertwine myself and uh chrissy troy and some other individuals uh, you know, I did my Zoom thing, and those other individuals were involved uh, with their thing in the houses. So, no, the commercials are coming out. Uh, so we were still able to get me involved. We'll be doing a few more. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Of course, I would love to be there in person doing everything. But, you know, this is my way of staying involved, and I just want to do as much as I can to make sure uh, this initiative, uh, this uh, lottery continues growing and growing each and every year to help provide for the people throughout Manitoba who actually need all this help. So, Milt, we've been talking about the uh, the vehicle that people would uh, love to win and not just off the list of the HSC Millionaire Lottery, but letting people's imaginations run wild. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, you were notorious for uh, socking your money away when you were here in Winnipeg as a pl- player. What's the fanciest car you've ever owned? Uh, actually, when I made the Bengals my second year, once I finally, uh, you know, cemented myself, I bought a, a Mitsubishi 3000 GT. It was all black, and I actually still have the car now. I bought the car in 1993, and I still have that car to this day. My wife was like, you need to get rid of that car. But it's the only thing I have left from when I was single before I met my wife. I still have that car to this very day. Is it in your garage? <laughs> It, 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 well, actually, I have it in store somewhere because my wife was like, I couldn't have, because we only have a two-car garage. And so she was like, I, you, you're not going to have this in our driveway anymore. So I had to move it somewhere. But every now and then, I'll go out and take a look at it. And, I, you know, I, I shed a tear every now and then. But I still have that car in 1993. <laughs> so you just look at it. I love it. It's, just, it's about a memory. Yeah. That's, that's all it's about. And once I get rid of these kids, once I'm finally able to make <laughs> some more money, I'm going to get it fixed up. And you never know. I may actually put it in the uh, the, the 10 years from now, the HSC Millionaire Lottery. It may be one of the prizes in the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That is the perfect answer. Thanks, Milt. Appreciate that. No, thank you. <laughs> Milt Stiegel, Dynamite, as always, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much for your time, as always, Milt.
And everyone go out and buy your tickets. We're looking to break some records this year. Thanks for having me on. HSCMillionaire.com. Six grand prize options. The first one is a $1.54 million prize, including a home in tuxedo at 110 Chataway. Tuxedo Assiniboine Park home. This is a really nice-looking place, a sweet-looking driveway. These uh, Every time we do these lotteries, I just mm-hmm. think... Wouldn't it be nice? Well, it could be nice for you. You just got to get yourself a ticket. So, again, hscmillionaire.com. The lottery is underway. You can also call 204-253-5688. That's 204-253-5688 or 1-855-999-5688. That's 1-855-999-5688. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb for some morning trivia. We have Up for Grabs, a Tickets and Treats, Landmark Cinemas, Pass for Two. And we have the lines jammed at 204-780-6868. We need a name for this segment. Mm. Like I was trying to kick one around and all I could come up with was CJO Boy, as in CJO Boy trivia. So that sucks. So if you have a creative idea, 204-780-6868. But in the meantime, here is today's question. As I mentioned, this is probably frustrating. I think we can, many of us can relate to this uh, because it is a pain. The average person had six of these in 2014. They now have 19. What are they? What? They, the average person had six of these in 2014. Okay. They now have 19. What is it? Oh. Gary, do you know what it is? Um, I'm going to say uh, credit cards. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. I, I, I've i tried to get rid of as many credit cards as possible. It's actually not a horrible guess. Uh, Mike, do you know what it is? I'm going to go with coffee mugs. No, uh, but that's, uh, that's also a great guess. I mean, how many, Loren, have you ever paid for a coffee mug? Uh, I think when we got married, we bought a set that came with mugs. But other than that, no, it's like someone gives you a mug or you get it through work or some sort of event. I was thinking more like the coffee to go mugs that you buy. And then my question was going to be, you might have the mug, but do you have the lid? Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. Because it's almost a useless cup if you don't have the lid, right? If you lose and let the me lid. tell you. And then you go through that endless search in that drawer where you're trying to match a lid to a mu- <laughs> And you're like, none of these, why are these all in here? None of these are useful to me right now. Junior, do you know what it is? What about uh, apps on the telephone? Ooh. No, but uh, you're, uh, you're we're inching closer. Also, I think, I, had, I think my phone came with like 50 apps preloaded. Uh, John, do you know what it is? Uh, passwords. Can you say that again, John? Uh, yes, passwords. The average person had six of these in 2014. They now have 19 passwords. Painfully accurate answer and question. John, well done. Thank you. you, Can I tell you, every time, like monthly, John, when I have to log into my Shaw account to pay my bill, I have to reset my password. Like there are certain (laughs) passwords that I only use once a month, so I forget them. (laughs) It's a pain. How many passwords do you think you have? Uh, probably too many to remember. Uh, you know, I, tr- I try not to use, uh, you know, Google will remember remember them for you and things like that. But I, I just kind of am creeped out a little bit when 
when the computer just has all my passwords. Yeah. Good I don't point. do, I, I never do the, it always asks, do you want to save this password? I always say never. Right, do not right. Save That's them. what I do. Smart man, John. I'm going to put you on hold. Congratulations. Tickets and treats pass through two for Landmark Cinemas. Thank you so much. And Loren, you probably can relate to this too, especially because you're working from home. So you got to log in through an extra layer of security, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate. It's like, it's this term I, I never even knew before, multi-factor authentication. Yeah. And then it allows the, and I get it, like the company has to make sure that it's a legitimate person using it. And so there's a double layer of security uh, protection on it. But man, every single morning, then I have to get my phone and then it has to get the code and then put, punch it back in. And if you go too long without using it, then you have to do it all over again. And then, you know, I'm rurally, I'm south of Winnipeg, so the internet will cut out and then I'm just, multi-factor! You can <laughs> shove it. <laughs> MFA can... Well, yeah, I imagine yeah. I imagine that MF uh, <laughs> means different whoa, 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 initials whoa, for you whoa, whoa, in that whoa. moment. <laughs> there are days, and it's so early in the morning, and you're like, I can't be this angry at 4 a.m. This is it's too much rage for 4 a.m. No, no, no. <laughs> It's Mackley, McGarry, and McNabb. In our next segment, we are going to give away that large two-topping pizza for Santa Lucia based on your text messages on which car would you win. If you could win any car, which one would it be and why? But right now we want to revisit, uh, well, a topic concerning automobiles, and that has to do, Loren, with speed. Yeah, it feels like almost daily. I think we've been saying this week that the RCMP are putting out a news release or a tweet that talks about dangerous driving, reckless driving, drivers going 50, 60, 80 kilometers over the speed limit. And Greg, you made a great point on your Twitter account this morning that the video that the RCMP shared yesterday of the moments leading up to a crash near St. Claude, which is south of Portage La Prairie, that it's something you might see in a movie, you know, a race car movie or a Fast and Furious scene. And instead, it's something that was captured on a gas station camera. And that's two cars the police believe were racing. And then as they're coming down the two-lane highway, they have another car in front of them. So they both move to split and go around that car. So one went on the paved uh, left side of the road and the other driver chose to try to pass on the shoulder in this alleged race. And that car, as we now know, ended up in the ditch, people taken to hospital, one in critical condition because they were ejected from the vehicle. And police say, I'm just going to have a clip here from Sergeant Mark Hume from the RCMP. They can't stress enough how this isn't just a, a thing that they're talking about, that the numbers are way up compared to last year. Um, the number of what we kind of classify as super speeders, so to speak, or people going more than 50 kilometers over the speed limit has, has drastically increased. There's been about a 60% increase from this time last year. We just see more and more of a trend uh, with this. Uh, it used to be more on the divided highways like the Trans-Canada. Now we're seeing it more and more, like in this case in St. Claude, like this is a two-lane highway. And, you know, there's cars coming in other directions. It, it, people seem to be getting more and more brazen all the time. I don't know what these people were thinking at the time. Could there be anything more selfish? than deciding that the roadway is for your own entertainment versus the transportation of individuals around you, people who might be driving their kids to school. This was in broad daylight. Didn't 10 a.m. Oh, 10 a.m. I was going to say, do you know what time it was? Yeah, that, the news release said 10 a.m. Monday. Um, so that's, you know, I, I was trying to figure out what was going on. Was it night? Not that that's an excuse. And, no, no, no. And, and, and goodness, I know that there's people who are hurt here and we feel for them and their families, but a decision was made along the way to 
drive at these speeds and then drive recklessly by all accounts from RCMP and that video, Greg. Yeah. And so, you know, there are zero excuses for this. I know every once in a while we'll get a text message about, wow, you know, cars are meant to go fast. They don't have problems on the Autobahn in Germany. Why are we so uh, hesitant to allow vehicles to drive more quickly? And uh, well, I mean, have you been on the highways in Europe? They're a little bit different than the highways here in Manitoba. We barely have a, a two or 300 meter stretch of highway anywhere in this province where there's not another road meeting it somewhere along the line. The concrete is uh, completely different. I mean, it's night and day. The Autobahn was uh, was built to, to move massive pieces of military equipment originally. And uh, let's face it, uh, those roads are simply engineered differently. The vehicles that drive the speeds that they do in some sections of the Autobahn completely different. Like there's, there's zero comparison between the infrastructure to drive uh, that fast in Manitoba versus somewhere in Europe, the Autobahn, obviously, uh, the specific example a lot of people bring up. So uh, I, I don't know what the answer is here, but I did mention earlier that there's some jurisdictions that will actually, if you are convicted of of racing, on top of the gigantic fine that you get and the impound impoundation or the impounding of your car, I think I just tried to make up a word there, uh, they will in some cases shred that car before your very eyes. And they, they've done that in Ontario. They've done that in Australia. They've done it in South Africa. There are places that will make you stand and watch your beloved vehicle get shredded into pieces because you don't know how to drive it properly. Denny is saying if you replaced... <laughs> Airbags with a nine-inch spike in the wow. That's uh, I'm just reading this cold, but that's pretty morbid. Denny, I think, has got his tongue on his cheek a little bit here. It sounds like something out of uh, like a dark Mario Kart. But he says, if you replaced airbags with a nine-inch spike in the middle of the steering wheel, it might replace feelings of fearless invincibility. But he also adds, I won't be convinced the police are serious about stopping speeders until I see them asserting their presence on major routes during the morning commute. Route 90 northbound, in particular, the bit from the south side of the St. James Bridge to Notre Dame Avenue, plays host daily to a wide array of speeders, aggressors, and other menacing behaviors. It genuinely plays the same every day. But uh, you got to imagine that police, it's a resource issue, right? For sure. Well, there'll be resources for sure with that. There'll be dollars with that. There'll be the practicality of that. And then there's the question, you know, does getting a ticket actually change your behavior? And some might argue that the punishment does not change the crime, that people still might go back out and and recommit that behavior, but on a different stretch of road. And, And I was thinking way back to high school, you know, some of the lessons they used to give you in class to try to shock you to see the realities. You know, the police might come in and tell you a story about the first time they had to knock on a parent's door and give them the news that a loved one or their child had passed. I remember one time a body bag was brought in and someone had to volunteer to get into the body bag to make people understand that this is the end of life cycle. And Dwayne texted us earlier this morning when we brought this up and he texted to say, morning, I realize this is is not a realistic response, but after seven years of volunteer firefighting, Everyone should have to volunteer a month or two. The stuff you see will make you do the speed limit or under and wear a seatbelt. It has worked for me, and that's from Dwayne. And I think that's what we're thinking of, too, in many of these rural towns. It's people who are just volunteering for those departments who then have to rush out and and see that carnage and potentially even see someone they know because of communities being so small. And so he's talking about a, a really cold reality check that would be super sobering. Well, you know, there are so many lessons that, 
growing up, Brett, I think we imagine that we had to learn by doing. Yeah. And as a parent, I, I want that list to be shorter for my kids. I don't want them to have to learn that it's wrong or dangerous to speed by either getting a crazy ticket or even worse, getting in a collision that will harm, kill themselves or other people. I want them just to listen and, and to show them an example of like, you just can't do this. But for some reason, it feels as though that you got to get caught in order. Not everybody, because most people will never will never speed. But a lot of people feel comfortable driving well over the speed limit and doing dangerous stuff. Yeah, I remember. And okay, I'm just going back to I think it was 15 at the time, maybe 16. I was just I only had my learners. And my buddy would let me drive his car from time to time. It was his parents' car. It was a Chevrolet Cavalier. It was a four-door. So, uh, but he'd say, well, if you want to drive, uh, you can train with me from, from time to time. And there was one Friday night where I just, I don't know what came over me, but I became like this sort of monster where I started speeding. I don't know what speed I was doing. And instead of stopping at this four-way stop, I tried to take the turn as hard as I could. And I almost drove the car over the boulevard. And I got out of the car and I was shaking. And he said, you're not driving my car again. And I said, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't know what just happened there. Uh, so, so there's something about being behind the wheel of a car that sometimes changes us into raging lunatics. And it can be, I don't know if it's an emotion thing or in a, the case of a road rage incident that I've talked about how I used to get set off before. Uh, uh, so sometimes it's just hard to fight those urges to be a moron, so to speak. Yeah, even when we know it's against the law, right, Loren? We've been battling that with our handheld devices for going on 20 years now. I think I really, you know, and if you're sitting there thinking that people are stupid or, or exhibiting stupid behavior or if it's an age thing or they're young or they'll, they'll learn or all those kinds of things, man, I... I, I don't know if we can just point it at one demographic. We've heard a uh -uh. so many statistics from police over the past three weeks of 50, 60, 70-year-old drivers uh, going well over the speed limit, exhibiting reckless behavior. And then when you mention the texting and driving, give me a break. If we don't think the demo's not teens and, and young adults, it's it's me, it's you, it's others. It's it's We're the ones that were handed a piece of technology that we never had before. We didn't grow up with dangerous driving laws or just dis sorry distracted driving laws rather this is new for us and so there's all sorts of things that i think all of us are doing that are contributing to a potentially dangerous problem on our roads and at the very least with this reckless driving 60 percent increase in charges year over year that's huge and don by the way we're wondering if photo radar on highways would work don says it won't work because moose jaw has it complete with warning signs both static and a radar activated one the ones that say your speed is this slow down and an illuminated warning that photo radar is ahead and they still nail 10 or 20 speeders so um just slow down Mackling McGarry McNabb, we've had a ton of fun this morning talking about cars. If you could win any car on the planet, which one would it be? Lori emailed Brett at CJOB.com to say the 1967 Impala from my favorite show, Supernatural. That was her favorite show, also my favorite show. And as it turns out, that's the car I would want. But uh, we're getting great messages here. We have our winner. Greg, how about you read a runner-up from Dan? I will read Dan's text message. He says he would want to win a McLaren F1. It captured my heart when I was 13 and still stands as one of the ultimate road cars knew it was around eight hundred thousand dollars 
At auction, it would now get $20 million, oh not practical at all, but I'd take it. And uh, Loren, you, we read this earlier, but it's worth reading again because Rob is our winner. And Rob texted, if I could get any car, I would want the Ecto one from Ghostbusters. Growing up, my friend James always got new toys before me and had all the Ghostbusters characters, but didn't have the car. I saved and saved for my paper routes for a month, and hey... He writes, that's what I actually do now. He's a delivers papers to buy the Ecto one. When I bought it, he was so jealous that I had it and not him. If I won that car today, I would drive up to Dolphin, pick him up, and then really rub it in. LOL, that would be awesome. So that text from Rob. I uh, I admire the grudge. Maybe is it the grudge he's been holding or yes. just you know, a little bit of jealousy over the years? I think that's great, Rob. Thank you so much for the laugh. Thanks to everybody for participating. But Rob is the winner of the large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia. Kelly Keene joins us to talk cash after 9.30. She always makes tough topics fun and easy to understand. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning. On the start, the question of the day has been updated at cjob.com, and it is for, as I look for the sponsor tag, Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. So many open windows on our screens here. I feel like Bob Euchre sifting through papers in the press box in the movie Major League trying to find the sponsor tag. But the question of the day, you remember that, Loren? Oh, great image. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I would love to say, what he, I would love to say what he says at the end, but uh, can't say that. Uh, but the, uh, the question is, has the pandemic prompted you to start putting some cash into an emergency fund? And so far, and we just put this up, but so far, 35, 36% say no. It's harder to save now than ever. 36% say I've already got, an, already got an emergency fund. 21% say yes, it's been an eye-opening experience. And 7% say no, that's not my thing. And when it comes to an emergency fund, I joked earlier, but uh, I joked that we should ask our next guest, what exactly is this emergency fund of which you speak? Our next guest is one of our favorite guests, which is ironic because she is here to discuss one of people's least favorite topics, Loren, and that's finances. Yeah, it might make you sweat because you don't have any money in the bank account right now or because it's just hard to talk about because of your financial literacy. Uh, for example, guys, our mortgage is coming up uh, for renewal later this fall and we've been looking at different options. And so my husband asked me to call the bank and said, just want to know A, B and C. He was out in the field and couldn't um, couldn't make the call. So I did hang up the phone, call him back. He says, well, what about A, B, C, D, E, F, G? And I was like, so I call the bank back. She says some numbers I don't understand. I call him back. He gives me another follow-up question. I was like, you know, I just, I don't really know what she's saying. And you seem to know what you're saying. So why don't you take care of this? Because I really have such a low understanding, Greg, admittedly, of, of some very important dollar and cents questions in our life. It sounds like you needed to take advantage of the merge function on your iPhone and bring those <laughs> calls all together. <laughs> Joining us now to make us feel worse and better about the choices <laughs> we have made with money is author, personal finance educator, speaker, media personality, consumer advocate for the Consumer Advocate uh, for FP Canada, Kelly Keene. I read the same thing twice there. Kelly, good morning. 
Good morning, my friends. Loren, Greg, Brett, so great to be with you. Well, you have been with us because we've noticed you on Global News Morning this morning a couple of times from Toronto. So you've been in studio with Brett and I. Loren's still at home. And and Loren mentioned this whole uh, mortgage situation. And I want to start there with regard to mortgage deferrals. If you took advantage from the get-go, those are starting to come to an end, as are protections for renters in Manitoba. These might make a difficult situation even more difficult. Kelly, any advice for this potentially stressful financial situation and and this, um, well, new normal for, for, for several of us? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's really tough, you guys, as you know, for so many people. I mean... This is the hardest piece of advice and the most important piece of advice is that you've, and we've talked about this before time and time again, you have to be proactive in having the conversation with your lender, with your creditors. Um, you know, it's not just mortgage deferrals and, and rent coming due, it's the CRA deferrals. A lot of people defer their taxes, their HST, their GST, and, you know, it's piling on all of this stuff coming due. Now, these Entities, if it's CRA, the, the Canada Revenue Agency, or if it's your bank or your credit card company, they don't know if you're in trouble, right? They can't read your mind. And it's for so many people, this is the first time they've ever really had to call up and say, hey, they can't make their payments or what do they do? But it's just so important. And guys, I think the most important thing is don't wait. Uh, and, and, and it may have happened already, but if possible, don't wait until you've missed a payment or your payment's coming up in a couple of days. Be as proactive as possible and put it to the lender. Like, just say, hey, I mean, they know that millions of Canadians are still struggling. Now, here's another thing, too. Remember, when you make these calls, you're going to get somebody at a call center, if it's CRA, if it's your bank, whatever. If you did not get the answer that you were hoping for, the person wasn't really sure, what have you, call back. Call back a third time. Make sure you take lots of notes. And then, you know, at the end of the day, um, Brett, you were uh, advertising one of the credit counselors um, in, in Manitoba there. That's really important, too. Like, if you just can't do this, you can't make these calls, uh, you can't stomach it, reach out to someone like a, a nonprofit credit counselor and, and get help before you're in trouble, if possible. But even if you are, reach out and get help. You don't have to suffer alone. Now, since the first time you joined us on the air, Kelly, the notion of three months' worth of expenses in an emergency fund seemed almost fanciful, but we now see how it would have been a godsend for so many of us over the past six months. Yeah, and and when we talk about that, and it's actually three to six months is what most experts recommend, and that is just, like, too much for so many people to swallow. Um, But as you know, know, when we were talking pre-COVID, there was study after study saying that 50% of Canadians were just $200 away from not being able to pay their bills. That's what people were going into the pandemic facing. So maybe don't even look at that three to six months. That might just be too much. What if it's just like start with 500 bucks, start with, you know, getting up to $1,000. Don't make it insurmountable, but what can you do? And I hate the B word. I do not like the word budget. You know, I don't. Um, But it is the time to look at where can you cut expenses? Where can you bring in extra income? If it's tax deductions, if you haven't filed your taxes, maybe you've got a refund. Maybe you've got to cut some of the streaming services. It's not fun, but 
you know, it, you're going to sleep at night so much better having that little bit of buffer. And then I think one of the big, big takeaways as well is, um, you know, if you're doing well, three to six months sitting in a bank account is kind of wasted money just sitting there doing nothing. So a lot of experts will recommend to get a line of credit uh, that doesn't cost you anything unless you use it. And, of course, don't get that if you're going to be tempted to go and spend but it can be a prudent way to have that emergency fund there for you without a lot of money sitting in your bank account. But remember, too, um, you know, uh, what did Mark Twain say about a banker? They're there to lend you an umbrella when it's sunny and take it away when it's raining. So you don't want to try and get your line of credit when you've already lost your job, you've gone on maternity leave, something of that sort. Get credit when you don't need it. Mm. They call you off. They call you more often. I notice if you have more money in the bank account, you often get more money, more phone calls from the bank. And then when you don't or you're struggling, you're the one that's calling and reaching out to them. And so you made a good point there, Kelly. Uh, it, it, when we talk about this cushion, too, I think we often think about worst case scenario about losing our job or the roof going on your house or your car breaking down. But, you know, I've been noticing prices on all sorts of things going up, just even groceries. And so it might be having that cushion for when the bills, just those little wee incremental increases start to really add up. 100%. And you're right. There's this creep on everything, a creep on property taxes, on, like you said, groceries, everything. Our incomes are not going up as much as the cost of things are going up. And then quite frankly, um, you know, a lot of things that used to be a want are just a need now. Like you need the internet. You're, you need a smartphone. You need a, 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 you know, you need these things that are expensive and are adding to your monthly costs and your kids need them. Uh, it's just, it's not a want anymore. So yeah, that, um, that cushion can just help out with the, the rising cost of, of everything. Kelly, money is so inexpensive right now. What concerns does that cause for you from where you sit and how you help those of us with access to that inexpensive money uh, and, and what we may or may not do with it? Well, such a good point, Greg. For years, uh, you know, I was hearing from everyone, well, hey, it's like free money, right? Like, why not renovate the kitchen? Why not tick off the bucket list? And I get it. I mean, who doesn't want to enjoy life while you're working? But when you look at money as being free when it's borrowed, it still is uh, money that needs to be paid back. And even if it's the smallest interest rate, like, Loren, you're talking about renewing your mortgage. I remember having a mortgage rate when I got my first place at just about 9%, and I thought that was great. That would kill people today. So the number one thing is that um, when you look at economics, the number one rule in economics is incentives drive the market. And low interest rates are great for politicians and, the you know, our economy and things of that sort of say, hey, look, look at how the economy is growing. But it's been because of consumer spending that, you know, we've seen that growth. And at the end of the day, it hurts our bottom line. So nothing wrong with utilizing low interest rates to get into a home and things of that sort. But if you're barely staying afloat, that's when it becomes a problem. You mentioned the the line of credit, Kelly, and uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, don't do it, like do it when you don't need it, because I would also add, do it if you have discipline, because I am a person who does not have discipline, and I got a line of credit just for that, for uh, some sort of emergency. Well, guess what I did? I maxed it out, and I spent years dealing with the fallout from that. So like you can, it's so tempting to dip into that line of credit. And it's kind of one of those rabbit holes where once you start, once you kind of peek in, it's easy to tumble down and then it can take you forever to, to fix the damage that you did. 
You're not alone, Brett. It's like eating the whole pie. I mean, I did it when I was in my early 20s, but I did it with high interest rate credit cards. So it took forever to get out. And for some people, it, it, you, it has, you just have to have that happen and dig yourself out to go, wow, was that new furniture? Was that trip? Was all of that eating out worth it when it took that long to pay off? And I talked to, you know, so many Canadians and we try to look at where they can cut their expenses and you look at these incredible amounts that they're paying just in interest on their credit cards and it's, it's gross. So that's where you just, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you can't be too hard on yourself because a lot of us have done it. It's easy to do. That's what banks and credit card companies and the government want us to do is spend a lot of money. But at the end of the day, you've got to figure out how to get out of it. So if you can't get out of it on your own, you've got to reach out and get some help. If it's a consolidation loan, if it's, um, you know, just figuring out your spending, just everything possible to get rid of that high interest rate debt is, is so important. And to remember too, Kelly, I mean, when we talk about people who are feeling this stress, this financial stress right now, it's a whole whack of folks. It's, you know, you always feel like you're alone in that moment. And there, I would argue, potentially 50% or more of Canadians are in this boat right now thinking, I really need to get it together or else. Yeah. And it's, it's overwhelming. It's like, where do you start? Where do you even start? So I think like one of the most important things, just if you were going to get, if it were January 1 and you're like, hey, you want to get in better shape, what are you going to do? You're going to get on a scale if you want to or not, because you've got to know what you're dealing with. So the first thing is you've got to open up those bills. You've got to look at what do you owe? What are the interest rates? It can be you know, nauseating, but this is the only way you affect change. And then the next thing that you would do for your health is you would count your calories. You've got to count your financial calories. Where is your money going? Now, I'm not talking about giving up your latte. Have a little bit of indulgence. I'm talking about the big stuff, right? Like those high interest rate credit cards. Maybe you had to go in and get a payday loan and that's like killer. Uh, and then the next thing is, is that, you know, you might get a personal trainer or someone to help you out. Make sure you get someone to help you with your finances, a certified financial planner, a nonprofit credit counselor, an accountant. Uh, these folks can help you see your blind spots. You don't have to figure this all out on your own. Kelly, we've got 30 seconds here. Uh, just somewhere maybe where someone could go. We have a listener asking where they might be able to find a, a format for a budget, something that they could use as a template. Okay, a couple great resources. Google uh, FCAC. It's the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada. I know that's a mouthful, but if you just Google FCAC online uh, calculators, they've got budgeting tools, tons of fantastic stuff. Another great one is GetSmarterAboutMoney.ca. Tons of great resources there, too. All right, Kelly Keene joining us live on 680 CJOB. She is an author. She is a personal finance educator. She is a speaker. She is a media personality and consumer advocate for the for FP Canada. And her website is kellykeen.com. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us as always. What a treat to talk to you. Thank you, my friends. It was my treat. Stay well. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNabb on Global and on Instagram at McNabb on C-J-O-B. 
talk soon.